Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. Come from away. Written by Saxophone Yeti. A bit over 25 years after first contact, things were pretty normal here on Earth. The diplomats that the UN had negotiated some kind of provisional status with the local planetary federation, and every once in a while some aliens would land in Beijing or Sao Paulo or The Hague. The news would make big deal about it, and then they'd leave, and then the news would move on. Sure, the eggheads down at Cape Canaveral could get up into space and talk to aliens and everything, but for normal people, accountants were still accountants, waiters were still waiters, and Greg was still an air traffic controller. Greg woke up at his alarm that morning, before the sunrise. He groaned and hesitated a moment before rolling out of bed. It was Tuesday. He had another four ships before the weekend. His fiancée was out of town in New York. She was at some conference that her job had paid for. Xeno Anthro Xeno Bio Xeno something. Greg's fiancée worked at the university up the road, and she was much smarter than Greg was. Greg was proud of that. Even if her parents weren't, he made himself coffee and got dressed for the day. Greg's brother had talked about flying cars and global unification after first contact, but that hadn't happened yet. Greg thought about the movies that he had seen as a kid as he put on his night jacket, and he'd hoped that one day he would own a flying car. Greg walked to the train station, tapped his watch on the entry pad, and pushed through the metal turnstile. Greg touched his headphones, and the book that he was listening to last night resumed and, like a clunk, the train faded into the background. Greg walked through the airport. The light was starting to shine through the tall windows, and the first passenger from the Red Eyes flights were arriving. The loudspeakers were announcing the first arrivals of the day, and the muffled echoes bounced through the mostly empty hallways. Greg stepped into the elevator, tapped his security tag to the reader, and it rose up to the tower. It was shaping up to be just another fall Tuesday. The night shift guy grabbed his mug and nodded wordlessly to Greg, who nodded back before taking over his seat. Greg typed in his login credentials to the computer in front of him, slipped the oversized headset on, and adjusted the microphone to sit comfortably in front of his face. He began to direct planes. Greg didn't hear the phone ringing behind him. He didn't notice the conversation between the two shift managers and the person on the line. And he didn't see how the shift manager's shoulders dropped suddenly. He only noticed when the manager tapped his shoulder and told him that something was going on, and that he should tell the pilots to be on alert without alarming the passengers. Greg passed on the message and took a moment to think about where he was sitting. He looked down, out the window, and onto the tarmac, bathed in the oranges and red of the rising sun, and he saw that highways and train tracks stretching into the city. 
The sky was clear and blue, and there was barely a cloud in sight. He thought about all the people that would pass underneath his office today, in the terminals of the airport, and he felt a twinge of fear in his stomach. Then a light on his console lit up red, and his headphones quietly beeped. Greg reached over and turned the dial until he could hear the message at a frequency that he'd never used before. Ship Lithian Star, we are an unarmed transport vessel carrying civilians. Repeat, we are an unarmed civilian transport. Can you hear us? The subspace buoy is showing that the central armed space line has been closed. Can anyone confirm? We don't have the fuel to make it to another jump point and need to place to land. We have limited supplies and food and cannot spend much time in space without resupply. Please, if anyone is hearing this, please respond. This message repeats. This is Starship Lithium Star. Greg flipped the switch and spoke. Lithium Star, this is our hair flight control. We copy. What is your position, uh, relative to a uh, solar, Sol 3 planetary orbital? Position, over. The shift manager had perked up and walked over and was listening intently. Greg switched to speakers and moved the headphones down to rest between his shoulder and neck. This was new. Nobody had ever needed to help from space, as far as Greg knew. His brother said aliens don't care about Earth because we've got nothing to trade, so why would they stop here? We're just some backwater hicks to them. The boring midpoint between two big empires that have more stuff and money than we do. And yet, the speaker crackled to life. Oh, yeah, Control, this is Lithium Star. We are roughly 70 degrees, Mark 235 degrees from Sol 3. Standard polar reference. Fuel is dangerously low. I'm declaring a Class 2 emergency and requesting immediate landing clearance to a galactic standard hangar. Over. We, uh, we do not have one of those. Greg's boss was dialing the phone and are desperate to get a hold of someone on the other end who knew how to handle the situation like this. What do, uh, can you breathe oxygen? There was a moment of silence on the other end. We breathe oxygen, confirm. Galactic standard hangars have inert gas of 75% pressure with 25% oxygen and around 5% margin of error for trace gases. Do you have a hangar that matches that? Mostly. Greg thought for a moment. There was a space station, but he didn't know how to call NASA and tell them to expect visitors. Besides, he didn't even know how big the ship was. Probably not a good idea to have them show up unannounced at a science outpost that hosted a few dozen people at a time. Greg looked over at his boss, who shrugged. No one was picking up on the other end of the phone. Limstar, this is our hair control. Are you able to land on a planet? I mean, is re-entry something your ship can do? Over. Oh, hey, yeah, uh, Lithium Star confirmed. We are re-entry capable. All starships in the lanes are over. Lithium Star, stand by for approach directions. Greg's boss, eyes went wide and the whole office seemed to fall silent. Do you have the location of the signal on Sol 3? Copy, we have the signal location. Okay, good. Uh, about, uh, how big is your vessel over? We're a spec D light personal transport, barely two kilometers long. Frickin' Christ! One of the other operators said, as Greg got nauseous. Two kilometers? Where the hell was he going to put something that huge? Lithium star, there's going to be a big water lake a few kilometers from the signal. Can you see that? Copy control. I'm going to clear a column for you to come down right near the south side of that lake. It's, uh, it's one of the furthest away from the reference pole. Over. 
As soon as the words were out of Greg's mouth, the colleagues went to work. Flight paths were diverted away from Lake Michigan, and a no-fly zone was put into place within seconds. Someone even had the sense to call the mayor's office and have them activate a city emergency alert system. So, the people on the streets didn't think the world was ending when a massive spaceship fell from the sky. Understood control, before approach, do you know why they closed the lane? I wouldn't know, Lithium Star, sorry. We'll tell you whatever information we have once you're on the ground. You're cleared to approach. The shift manager had finally managed to get through to someone in the federal government, and the wheels of bureaucracy began to turn. Military forces were placed on alert, diplomats were woken up, and sensitive personnel were taken to secure locations. A ship that big had never come to Earth before, and the world was in for a rude awakening when it screamed down like a flaming brick over Chicago. When the smoke cleared and the heat shields began to cool, the ship hovered over the lake like a mountain over a prairie. Green and black helicopters circled the massive ship. Fireboats sprayed arcs of rain onto the steaming hull, sonic booms cracking overhead as jets secured the airspace like gnats around a rotting carcass. Greg slumped down in his chair, letting the breath out he didn't realize he'd been holding. Lithium Star, this is O'Hare Control. Welcome to Earth, over. Switch to UHF band frequency 2600 for further communication. Thanks, Control. You just saved a lot of lives today. Lithium Star out. Greg smiled. This was the story he'd tell his grandkids. If he had them. Did he want grandkids? Did he want kids? He needed to call his wife, fiancé. She would have a lot of questions. This time, Greg thought that he might even have a couple answers for her. Greg's boss clapped him across the back in congratulations. Apparently, he said, something big has happened in one of those alien empires down the way. The city folks are telling me that there's a whole moon missing. Nobody knows what caused it or who, and they shut down the hyperlanes into their space while they figure out what's going on. First time in a thousand generations, apparently, so it's a bit of a big deal. Shouldn't concern us much, which is fine by me because uh, that was enough excitement for a lifetime. Greg, take the rest of the week off. Greg turned around to see what made his boss pause. The red light was flashing again. He looked around at all the red lights around the tower were flashing. He flipped through the monitored frequencies and listened. Hello? This is the Imperial Wind. We don't have a... Our air supply is only rated for two days and we can't hold here much. And that's about how to give birth. We need a doctor. I heard the Emperor's War. Are we under attack? We do not have anywhere to go. We need a place to dock. Please, there is no one else in range. No other jump gates declaring. What's going on? We've lost communication. Can anyone hear me? All around the tower, the air traffic controllers were picking up dozens of distress calls, with all the space lanes into the Empire closed off just ahead. There was no telling how many people were about to pass through the system, and they all needed somewhere to go. Like his colleagues around the room, the countless other airports around the world, Greg pecked up his headphones one more time. This is our air control, we hear you. Do you need a place to land? Over. End. Of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below. 
for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.